What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. In today's show, we're talking all things Joe Cronin. He is no longer the Blazers' permanent interim GM. He's just the straight-up interim GM. This was the direction it was always pointing. And now, or on Tuesday, May 10th, the Blazers made it official. Removing the interim tag and naming Cronin the full-time GM, the general manager of the franchise, giving him a four-year deal, according to a report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. In the team's release, they did not say how long the deal was for, but according to Woj, it's for four years. That's what we're going to talk about today, is is the is Cronin's oeuvre, the work of, of one Joseph Cronin. Uh, let's start with how we ended up here. Joe Cronin has worked for the franchise since 2006, moving up from uh, intern to uh, scout to cap, you know, cap cap expert, promoted to assistant GM, and then when the Blazers uh, forced, you know, fired Neil Olshay amidst investigations into the toxic workplace environment he created within the team's practice facility, they promoted from within, promoted Cronin from intern to interim. And now permanent. Uh, Cronin became the interim GM on December 3rd. Uh, then he got six months of interim. And while he was the interim, they gave him the keys to reshape the whole franchise. I know there was a lot of speculation outside of this podcast that the, the Blazers might, you know, we're still conducting a, uh, an investigation. Uh, uh, interview process and we're going to bring in GM candidates. Like I, I saw other people in the sort of the Blazers media space say that I never, and I was consistent on here saying it, I never assumed they were going to go in a, any other direction than, than this. You just don't give him the keys to blow this thing up. If he's not going to be the guy, like to reshape the whole damn thing, if he's not going to be the guy, you do not give him the keys. And moreover, the Blazers ownership group has just not been in a position where they are, uh, being really proactive in the future and main and in, in respecting sort of the future of this franchise. This is a ownership group of the Allen Estates that's that is preparing to sell the team and, and nothing makes that more clear than the process in which Joe Cronin got this job. They didn't interview anyone, according to reports from Jason Quick of the Athletic, friend of the program, who who had mentioned this on this podcast before. So if 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 you're a regular listener, always listen to the quick episodes. Like the Blazers just just didn't reach out to anyone. Uh, quick cited two uh, agents within the within the NBA world, um, anonymous agents, who said that the Blazers just straight up there was no GM search. They didn't. They did not ever interview anyone for the job. And this doesn't this doesn't really reflect on Cronin necessarily, right? Like the dude has worked for the team for 16 years and worked his way up from you know from intern to you know even under the Olshay regime, like an assistant GM, right? Like he's he's paid his dues, he's grinded, he's been there. This isn't about Cronin. This is about the process of a you know a several billion dollar company deciding who gets C-level titles, who gets to be executives, right? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't do this at other billion dollar companies if you had like the long-term interests and health of the company. Not that you wouldn't end up with Cronin, 
but you would conduct a real and serious interview process. Not not conducting interviews, not just bringing, um, you know, one other voice in, two other voices in to say, hey, what do you think we should do with this team? What do you think we should do? What's the direction you think we should go? Is just bad. Pra- it's just is is it's just a bad process. It's it's not it is not a reasonable approach by a involved and committed ownership group. Uh, they may still have landed. Like best case scenario, right, is that they do all of this stuff, but they still end up landing on Cronin. Is that they say, okay, uh, we interviewed four people. Joe's the best guy for the job, and he very well may be, right? Like, th- like I said, this does not re- this is not really reflecting on Cronin. This reflects on ownership. The Blazers are going to be sold. Uh, the reporting from uh, John Canzano and also Jason Quick like suggests that they might be sold here in the next eighteen months, if not sooner. And this this Cronin stuff just the writing's on the wall. This is a checked out ownership group, and quite frankly, sure, Paul Allen loved and was obsessed with the Blazers. When he passed away in 2018, the it the ownership went into his estate, and the executor of his estate, uh, the representative of his estate, is his sister. She doesn't love the NBA like that. It's not Jody's fault necessarily, but the 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 health of the franchise will be better when the Blazers have a committed ownership group. Period. Period. Uh, like I. I'm gonna be hard on whoever, whatever billionaires own the team. That's the kind of guy I am. But like, this. The Portland was put in this path suddenly when Paul passed away and the the ownership from the Allen estate, whoever might be in charge, whether it be Burt Cold or, or Jody Allen, and I assume that it's mostly Burt, quite frankly, uh, that's the head of Vulcan Inc. and, and the Allen's right-hand man who's, you know, at a bunch of basketball, at a bunch of the games and has been for, for decades, uh, like whoever it might be, they're just moving on to the next thing. And part of the moving on to the next thing was not conducting a reasonable hiring process for this job here's the thing though Cronin might be fine like Cronin might be okay at this Cronin might even been the best candidate you could find the most interested candidate you could find it was always pointing in this direction um and doing it this way reflects poorly on the franchise but it's not necessarily reflective of it being a bad hire but I will say this it's been a rocky couple months for Mr. Cronin for Joe in the big chair. It's it's been he took some real risks and they didn't work out. Let's talk about how those failed, the risks he did, what we've seen from Joe Cronin thus far in the second segment. But uh, you know what was never on the books? was the next GM for the Blazers at Bet Online. You could bet on darn near anything. Right now, today, the best odds for the Lakers' next Lakers head coach is Terry Stotts at plus 200. You can bet on that. But the Blazers' GM job never got to the books because maybe it was never open. And the betting lines know these things. The good, the good folks who set betting lines, they're on the inside. Truly. So if you want to bet on the Blazers, or the, the Lakers' next head coach, former uh, you know, Portland resident and, and former uh, former Blazers head coach Terry Stotts. You, you're not getting great odds on him, but he's he's, set, he's got the shortest odds right now. You don't have to bet on that, though. You can bet on anything. You can bet on the NBA playoffs. You can bet on all the other sports. Whatever you want, you're going to find more lines, more props, more odds on whatever you're looking for. So don't wait. Go to Bet Online right now and take advantage of this offer. That's Bet Online where the games start. All right. So the Blazers ownership group that had bad process to get us here. But this is where this is where Portland is, right? Like this is where Portland is. They've got Joe Cronin, he's on a four-year contract. 
we'll see. And I think that's kind of like where I'm at with it. And I'll talk about more about sort of the we'll see and where I'm at with it. But let's let us rewind to, to look forward first. What has Joe Cronin done since taking over? Took over December 3rd. Gets in the big seat. December was a brutal month for the Blazers. They sucked. And by the end of the month, December 31st, Damian Lord played his final game of the season. They shut him down. He had surgery about a month later. And that was it. Like this season was, uh, you know, Cronin lasted something like two, four weeks before it was clear that this thing was done. This this version of the Blazers needed needed to be blown up. And he did it. He really, really did it. The first signs that it was absolutely Joe Cronin's job to lose, or Joe, not even Joe Cronin's job to lose, it was Joe Cronin's job, straight up, was when they gave him permission to trade CJ McCollum. But before he even did that, about a week before the trade deadline, Friday before a Thursday trade deadline, six days ahead, Joe Cronin made his first move as, as, as the head of the Trail Blazers. He traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Los Angeles Clippers in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, rookie Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second round pick from Detroit. This was a cost-cutting move. They got out from under Norman Powell's contract, who still had four years and $74 million remaining after this season or heading into the next four years, still four, four for 74 left owed to Norman Powell. Uh, you know, Robert Covington, who basically they, they either had to commit to re-signing or they're going to lose him when he walked in free agency. They wanted to get something for him. I guess that something for him they got was the second round pick that was included in the deal. Uh, it was... I would call this trade underwhelming. I think it was the most disappointing trade of the um, of the Cronin experience. There's been some smarter people than me, John Hollinger among them at, at the Athletic, who who think that this was like that Norman Powell's contract was just so bad that they that this was the way the Blazers could get out from under it. And if they really didn't want to take on long term money, this was the way to not take on long term money. They took Eric Bledsoe, whose uh, contract is partially guaranteed for three three and a half million next year, and if it's, it becomes fully guaranteed, it's about eighteen million bucks. Uh, the Blazers are they're either going to wave Bledsoe and, and um, you know, stretch wave him and pay like a million two over a couple of seasons, or they're just going to straight up eat the three and a half, three and a half million dollars. And, and, and that'll be that, but they won't be paying Norman Powell $16 million for like too many guards on the roster. They might end up with too many guards on the roster, but it won't be Norman Powell as the too many, too many guards. The, the, Another sort of sign that Cronin was going to have this job is when he hired uh, Andre Patterson to join to join the front office. Like you got higher and fire power, you got you're like you got trading power. This was Cronin's job always. Anyone believing otherwise was perhaps. Look, I don't want to break down a straw man. It was always Cronin's job to lose. It was Cronin's job, period. It wasn't Cronin's job to lose. I keep saying to lose. It was Cronin's job. It was Cronin's job. And it was even further proof when he traded C.J. McCollum, franchise pillar to the New Orleans Pelicans, along with Tony Snell and Larry Nance Jr. exchange for Josh Hart, D. Luzada, a 2026 second-round pick swap, a 2027 second-round pick, and a and a protected draft pick. It was a lottery protect... That was... uh Yeah, excuse me. It was... It was 5 through 14. It only conveyed to the Blazers if it was 5 through 14. The Pelicans had to miss the playoffs. It was protected or was owed somewhere else. It was owed to Charlotte otherwise. Pels made the playoffs. Blazers lose the pick. They do not get another lottery pick. Instead, they end up with what the protections were. If that if that didn't convey this year, it was a 2025 pick, top four protected from the Milwaukee Bucks. So you trade CJ McCollum for Josh Hart and a 2025 first round pick. It doesn't feel great. Apologies to Dita Luzada. The Blazers got some other players in that trade, but they quickly rerouted them to uh, San Antonio and Utah, sending Tomas Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker to 
San Antonio and Utah, respectively, in exchange for Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a 2022 second round pick, the number 56 overall pick in the 2022 draft that one originally belonged to the Memphis Grizzlies. That one's fine. I even think the CJ McCollum deal is kind of fine. Like, I don't have... I... I, I agree that's super underwhelming, but it was the I, I think at the time, and I and I said it then. It's a risk. It was a risk worth taking. In fact, I did a a segment right here in this very podcast where um, it was kind of in the middle of of the Blazers just like losing and losing and losing and losing because part of the Joe Crone experience was shutting everyone down, shutting down a healthy use of Nurkic. Um, they they called it plantar fasciitis. Uh, I don't want I don't want to use the S word, but like. I've heard from people that he was fine. <laughs> I, I I didn't want to. I've like resisted speculating against um, guys it, re- injury reporting because you don't want to just like speculate about people's bodies. It's like this is that's their currency in the NBA, and I don't want to speculate about his bodies. But specifically with Nurk, I've heard he's I heard he was fine, and they shut him down for the final twenty three games of the regular season. They eventually shut down Anthony Simons. They eventually uh, Josh Hart was held out with an injury. Uh, Justice Winslow later held out with injuries. Like they went to lose. They put together one of the worst rosters you'll ever see in the NBA and lost 21 of their final 23 games in an effort to get better lottery odds. This was an aggressive, an aggressive strategy. And I said right here in this podcast, like in the midst of this losing, in the midst of this aggression was that I don't know what's what Cronin if, is, if this is going to work out. And I don't really, I did, I did not like the Norman Powell and Robert Covington trade. That one I didn't, I just did not care for. I, I just think you need, you want players um, and like you want talent. And I think the Blazers tro- chose flexibility over talent there. CJ McCollum trade doesn't bother me too much. Um, I thought CJ would have, they didn't have to take back a bunch of negative money. So uh, they got out, they got out from under the money and that's what they wanted to do. And they almost ended up with a second, a second top 10 pick in the draft. I think it was worth the risk. But if nothing else, without all those things, it was aggressive and it was a plan. This was someone who was, you know, given the job in December and then by the middle of February was retooling, aggressively retooling an NBA franchise with a with a a plan. We are going to get out from under our future money, all of it, including Larry Nance Jr.'s future money. Or maybe Larry Nance Jr. was the sweetener in that trade. You could you could argue that that to like make it happen and not have to take back bad money uh, somewhere in that Pelicans deals, you had to include Larry Nance Jr. I think there's some I think there's some logic that would suggest that's about that's how that one went down. Uh, like Cronin had an aggressive approach and a clear plan. If there's a criticism of the previous regime under Neil Olshay is that they weren't aggressive. They never risked it. If you don't risk it, no risk it, no biscuit. But also, like, if you don't risk it, you can maintain some, like, level of mediocrity. If you risk it, you might, you might screw it up. And I think if there is, if there was something that, like, I think Cronin deserved credit for is that he, he, he really took a real risk and he may very well have screwed this whole thing up, right? Like, it remains to be seen, but he did the thing that we were, that at least I have been screaming for the the front office to do. It's just like, try something else. Take a risk. Go for it. Because if you don't take a risk, you end up just treading in the same sort of mediocre treadmill. The Blazers might end up back in the mediocre treadmill. Let's be clear. This might not work out at all. This might be just a total, this might be a super flop. But at least they went for it. They could have just run this grew back and and been you know mediocre again with the same expensive roster. They've decided to 
fully reshape what this thing looks like and go into the summer with some options to do a bunch of different things. They can kind of bring the core back and make uh, complementary moves around the, around the core of Dame CJ and or Dame CJ. Whoops, Dame Anthony Simons. I've done that a lot of t- a lot of summers. I've said that duo, but Dame Anthony Simons and Nurk, along with Nazir Little and Justice Winslow and Josh Hart, like you can complement that six man core. Or you know, as I, as we talked about in yesterday's show, you can. You can like pretty much dump everybody, chase big name free agents, and try to go from there. Like the Blazers have a couple different outs. And I think that's the question, right? Right now, like right now, this is here today. This is this is Thursday, May 12th show. Joe Cronin looks like a big dumb dummy. Looks like he just he screwed it up, put the Blazers in a bad spot. How are they gonna get better? He made some bad trades. But I think earnestly, and I do believe this, that right now is too early to judge Joe Cronin. The question is, like, in August, is it too early to judge Joe Cronin? And I think no, but it also might not be a finished product. So let's talk about what's going, what could and what might happen this this offseason. Because, listen, Cronin's done step one. The next steps are more challenging. Let's talk about those next steps. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com, the family business specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You can save time and money if you shop at rockauto.com, like real money, 30, 50, 100% more than it if you are going to a chain auto parts store or the dealership, they're just, they aren't going to have the parts that you need. And if they do, they're going to cost more money. There's just so many darn makes and models of cars on the road right now that Rock Auto's got everything covered in a place that a brick and mortar store just can't cover you. So why don't you go to their website right now, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And while you're there, wait, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. And that way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still talking about all things Joe Cronin. We talked about how we got here. We talked about what he's done. The hard part is what's next. Uh, Cronin mentioned this in a postseason interview, is that in some ways, what he has done to date is the easy part. Anyone could just trade the roster, right? Could just trade away guys to get worse, right? Like the Blazers had a mission to get worse, Boy, howdy, did they accomplish it. Uh, Tanking was the right move, probably. Like, tanking, like, truly tanking, like, being as bad as they were was the right move. It sucked. Like, it was not fun. It wasn't fun for you, the fan. It wasn't fun for me, someone who has to produce a lot of audio content around this team. It sucked. It sucked. But it was probably the right move. Uh, They didn't lose enough. They didn't lose, like, enough to get you know, really juicy odds, but they certainly improved their odds way more than they otherwise would have been. I think it was the right move. But the reason that they were able to do all that tanking stuff is because they traded away, like they just, they trade away everybody and they start shutting folks down. Um, They just, they, they have a lack of talent right now. Um, They've got like six pretty, pretty like bankable NBA guys. I would say four truly bankable NBA guys and Damian Lillard, Amphrey Simons, Yusuf Nurkic and Josh Hart. Here's the thing. Anthony Simons is entering restricted free agency. Yusuf Nurkic is entering unrestricted free agency. And Josh Hart has a contract that doesn't that is uh, fully non-guaranteed. So the Blazers you know, can choose whether or not to bring Josh Hart back. We'll have the opportunity to pay uh, Anthony Simons whatever they want, pretty much. And 
have, you know, can pay Yusuf Nurkic. They have his bird rights. They can go over the salary cap. They can pay him if they want to. But like, really, they've got one bona fide stud on the roster for next season. You've got, you know, uh, Justice Winslow and Nazir Little under contract, some sort of like mid-rotation guys. You've got uh, uh, Trenton Watford under contract, who was converted from a two-way deal to a to a full uh, full NBA contract under contract for next season. Um, you know, he's a end of the rota- back half of the rotation, end of the rotation guy. I like Trenton Watford, but he's not like um, he's not a bankable NBA talent right now. Um, you were hoping he turns into a bankable NBA talent, but he's certainly not one right now in May. And then you've got some end of the end of the rotation guys in in Keon. Johnson and Greg Brown the third and Dee Lozada. You know, uh, young developmental parts, but you cannot count on those gentlemen to contribute next season. Uh, not on a good, not on like a truly good basketball team. Absolutely not. Like, th- this is where the Blazers find themselves, and they find themselves with this was Cronin's plan, right? Like his, his plan was this, plus you have the 10th pick in the draft. They didn't get that from, from New Orleans, and that, um, was totally outside of his control. At the time, it was a risk worth taking. I maintain, you don't have to agree with me, but I maintain a risk worth taking and it didn't work out. Um, the process was okay there. It was That wasn't bad process. It was just really, truly bad results. Um, it is what it is sometimes. But this part was easy. Doing those things was easy. Building this roster that's like totally, totally lacks talent and is not, you know, not a playoff caliber roster right now. That that part is relatively easy. And Drew Cronin admitted as much in his postseason interview. The this the first steps here, tearing it down, pretty simple. The hard part is building it back up, building a true contender, netting high quality, high end talent. Good luck. That's the hardest thing to do in the league. That isn't the thing that anyone can do. Um, and I'm not even sure anyone can like go make trades. I certainly wouldn't be good at it. I'm not good enough at math with the salary cap or the CBA. Like, um, I'm pretty good at podcasting. That's what I'll stick to. But like the, the step from here to opening night in, in October, or even like when the dust settles in the middle of August, say it's August 15th or whatever, when, when you've made all your signings and like folks are going on their final vacation before coming back for training camp, uh, right around Labor Day, like that, that stretch when the NBA actually goes on vacation in the middle of August, like until then the Blazers have a chance, their goal stated goal is to be competitive. And so like what I'm wondering here and what I sit here wondering is when is it too early to judge Joe Cronin? I, I believe, and I believe this earnestly and honestly, and you do not have to agree, agree with me, that on and right now it is too early to judge Joe Cronin. I don't think it'll be too early in August. I also don't think the Blazers will be a finished product capable of contending in August. I do not think they are going to, in one summer, build it from where they are now to a team that I head into training camp saying, yes, this team could win a championship. Or even this team, if things break right, could win a championship. I do not think I will see that. Straight up. Um, Even if they have a really awesome summer. Which, good luck. But like, even if they do all that, I don't think they can get there. So is it is the next cycle worth judging like a full a full free, the draft a full free agency the season and then the trade deadline and then I say okay after the trade deadline February twentieth of twenty twenty three then it's okay to judge Joe Cronin absolutely I think it's fair in August I think it's fair again in February like I think you can go ahead and do it you don't need to be anyone preaching patience beyond a year in the NBA is lying to you about what a year t- what a year takes out of NBA players like it is just 
it's each season is incredibly fast and incredibly long at the same time. They fly by and your players, you're, you're the best of your players flies by quickly, but it's also like you get a, they are a, it is a long grind to get there. You gotta be, you gotta be ready to go in, in the fall. And then you gotta be ready to retool and reposition and figure out how to make yourself better in, in, in winter and like in February. And then, and then like you, you know, if you have a quote lost season or if you have another like sort of developmental season, there's no reason, like no one owes you patience at that point. No one owes you patience for, at that point. Straight up. Nobody, nobody. I, the, the like three cycles or whatever, like August of 2023, you know, draft free agency, trade deadline, draft free agency. No way, no way. That might be realistic, but that no, I, it's, I do not believe that you owe a team that type of patience because what, what they owe you as a fan is a, is a level of urgency or a transparency that they are not urgent about it. If they are projecting what they're projecting, that we want to be good and go for it with Dame under contract, they got to be good and go for it. Or they got to, <laughs> they got to take the mask off Scooby-Doo style and say that you meddling kids figured it out and we're actually not that interested in competing. Like, and you don't need to wait until next February. You don't even wait till Christmas to figure it out. You'll see how serious they are in August and you'll see how serious the ownership group is depending on how much the Blazers spend. Like you'll see. So I think in May, it is too early to judge Joe Cronin. And quite frankly, I think we don't know enough about it. We know that he went for it and had a plan. Now he has to execute said plan. Get the draft right, get free agency right, make trades that improve this roster and go for it. I will be happy to harshly judge him in August. Straight up, harshly judge him in August. I'll call it what it is. Like I, I tend to try to call it what it is all of the time, but I'm also I'm I believe in patience to a certain degree. And and trade deadline number one, draft and free agency. That's as many cycles as I'm willing to go through before I say, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing, or who knew they nailed it. How about it? Uh, that said, as I said before, and let me repeat it, I don't think they're going to build a championship level team. So like my Judging will be like, is this team something like, do I think this team could finish fifth in the West? And if the, if I think earnestly, yes, you know, knowing that there's probably nine to 12 teams better than the Blazers roster right now today, they've got a long way to go to get there. Yeah. Then, then I'll say, yeah, it was a success and let's see what else they can do. But if this is a team that's back in that sort of seven through 10 range, like it won't feel as good. But I think Cronin's job this summer, it, he doesn't owe me shit. Like he doesn't need to prove it to me or whatever, but I am, will be, I'm, you know, I'm still going to have this microphone. Maybe I'll have a new microphone, but I'll still have a microphone then. And I'll, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'll keep it a buck 50 even. Like uh, this is, this summer is the time that will define Cronin's year. I'm not, I'm willing to withhold judgment right now. I will not be willing to hold with judgment when the dust settles on this off season. Even if my standards might be different from yours, my judgment will still rain down. I'm sitting. I always sit during these podcasts, so it'll rain up. But and Joe runs like six six, but uh, so he's like a he's like a foot taller than I am. But it will rain up towards that fool if if this summer doesn't go the way that um, not the way that I think it should. Like again, he doesn't owe me shit. But like. It, if the Blazers are preaching and the, what they're saying to us, let's just take their public word at that face value, that they want to be competitive and good and build around Dame. And that's that's been the, the line, that's been the reporting, that's been like, 
that's been the sort of like bizarro anonymous reporting from Woj. It's been the damn like from the horse's mouth things that Joe Cronin has said. It's what uh, Damon Lord has said to, you know, various in various interviews. Like it's this is what they want to be. This is what they're selling. So if they want to be competitive, let's see what they do this offseason to get there. But right now, what they've done is set themselves up with some opportunities. The opportunity to, you know, retool or the opportunity to really chase it. If you want to hear how they chase a max free agent, go listen to yesterday's show with Zach Levine. All about Zach Levine. If you want to hear about what they might do in the draft, come back tomorrow. Because tomorrow's show, we're going to have um, the lottery mock draft. I completed with uh, some of my, uh, all of of the uh, Locked On co-hosts that were outside of the lottery. That'll be on Friday's show. So make sure you check that one out. We'll also, uh, we also got a couple other fun things in, in the books. Next week, the NBA draft lottery is coming on Tuesday. We're going to switch into super duper draft mode here on this podcast. So make sure you are ready for it. I've been kind of holding out to find out where the Blazers pick on Tuesday. We're going to find out where the Blazers pick. And then this is a draft centric podcast. No matter what, it's five days a week available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So make the show your first listen. And can I recommend you listen to Locked on NBA Big Board as your second listen? Get prepared for the draft. It's coming. It's the time for Joe Cronin to show us what he can do. A longtime amateur scout, both here and abroad. Let's see what you got, Joe. Let's see what you got. Mr. Cronin. I was going to call him Dr. Cronin for a second there. I don't think he's a doctor. Regardless. Tell your friends about the show. They can find it wherever they get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be right here waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.